Welcome to episode number six. We're reading chapter six. It is called Back at Rehab. It goes from page 54 to page 59. Enjoy. G'day folks. Welcome to the Crashing in Potential podcast. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about resilience. That is getting back up after you have been knocked down. My name is Scott B. Harris and I'm the author of the book, Crashing Into Potential, Living With My Injured Brain. It's a memoir that I have written and published that outlines my story of resilience after a major motorbike accident that nearly took my life. This podcast is designed to take what's inside of me and bring it out so that you can feel motivated to crash into your own potential. Brace yourself, because the podcast is about to start. We made it. Six episodes deep. That's where we're at. Welcome back. A little bit of housekeeping, just to start. Uh, If you want to connect with me, jump on my Facebook page, The Injured Brain. Jump on my Instagram, you'll find me, The Injured Brain. Twitter, you'll find me, The Injured Brain, LinkedIn, The Injured Brain, everything is The Injured Brain. So if you've got any questions about what we, what we have read so far, shoot me a message. I'm always willing to talk to anyone who wants to listen. First off, I would just like to show my gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. You see, time is is the most precious resource that we can never get back. So for you to be spending your most valuable asset listening to what I have to say really means something to me. I'm quite humbled by that. So thank you very much. Okay, we are on page number 54. Sorry, on page number 54. Now this chapter we are reading today is very very small there's only one two three four five five pages so let's whiz bang through it as quick as we can all right chapter number six back at rehab the quote that goes with this chapter those who work hard have the best outcomes this is why scott is where he is today by associate professor gavin williams One of the top therapists over at Epworth Rehabilitation in Richmond, Associate Professor Gavin Williams, was doing research at Melbourne University on the gait patterns of people with an acquired brain injury, and he invited me to participate. Funnily enough, it turns out that Gavin Williams was my auntie and uncle's next-door neighbour in Melbourne's East. Just going out of the book here quickly, I read that last week as East Melbourne, so... There you go, don't hold it against me, I got it wrong. At the gate lab, all I had to do was walk in in, in a line, 10 metres up, 10 metres back, that was it. But I had to do this in a a small pair of shorts even my dad wouldn't be seen in. In brackets, just joking dad, it was a dad joke. (laughs) Get it? Nah, me neither. I was covered in little light reflective balls that recorded the movement of each joint and were filmed by multiple cameras around the room. As was often the case over the past few months, I felt like the centre of attention again and I had the the footage to prove it. The next session was back at Epworth Camberwell and it was called Running Group. Physiotherapy was about me getting 
up on my feet and staying there by balancing. And running group was about me using my legs and feet. We couldn't do any physical activity to start with, so instead we set we set my goals. Where did I see myself in one, three, six, and twelve months time? I noticed a pattern pattern emergency emerging in rehab. Everything they everything they said and everything I did revolved around achieving my goals. I told my exercise physiologist Rochelle that I wanted to run. As this was more of a long-term goals, uh, a goal, she suggested s- some short-term ones and I agreed. Yep, that sounds good. That was my usual response to many questions I was asked in those early days. Having the goal to be active again was right down the exercise physiologist's alley. I didn't start being active until I was up on my feet, but having all the goals in place before I was ready meant that when... So when I w- when it was time to start, we could hit the ground running quite literally. It meant that I was going to I was going in a particular direction, and that uh, that I had purpose in life. The running the running group area was set up just like a public gym, with all the same sort of equipment, including treadmill, stepper machine, and exercise balls of a, of every size. Once my physio- once my therapist was confident that I could use the machines correctly without killing myself or blowing things up, she met me down at the local gym to go through a program that I could do on my own away from rehab. This was around mid-2010, and in early 2011, one of the the therapists at the gym introduced me to another young fella named Damien. Damien was a fit guy who had been training at my local gym for years. When he was 25 years old, while training one day in May 2010, Damien came face to face with a situation that would define his existence. Something was wrong. With a severe headache, vomiting and sensitive to light, he went straight to the doctor. When he got there, panic set in and he was sent to the emergency. He went straight in for an MRI, in brackets, magnetic resonance imaging, and the diagnosis came back with big trouble, Damien had suffered a brain aneurysm. Something had to be done fast to repair the leak, but things didn't go according to plan during the procedure, and Damien suffered a catastrophic stroke. This left him with significant impairment to the right side of his body. Damien's life was now in the hands of the gods, and he spent the next five weeks in a coma. In brackets, puts my little three-week stint to shame. Suddenly, Damien's family had to rethink what their lives were about and reevaluate all the things they took for granted on a daily basis. We are on now page 56. Life for Damien and for his family was going to be a challenge, but if if they made it through to the other side, they would they would get a chance to give a give a reason for this happening, just like I did. Damien's skull was restricted was restricting the swelling of his brain. So part of it had to go. Two operations later and the pressure was was elevated. Damien Damien came out of the coma five five weeks later as a new as a new person. No better, no worse, just different. No longer would he worry about the small things in life and no longer would he take those small things for granted. Damien spent the next six months in rehab before re- before returning home for good. The parallels of our lives were uncanny. We were the same age, attending attending the same gym, and had experienced bleeding on the same side of the brain. We both spent considerable amount of time in a coma, and then in rehab. 
and we both had severe weakness in our right arms. I have instability in my shoulder and elbow flexion issues. Damien does not. Damien has instability in his hand, but I do not. Together, we have three good arms, which is better than having none. There have been times when we have helped fill the gaps in each other's lives, kind of like a dog with three legs. It may not be able to run as fast as a rover or jump as high as Polly, but it can still chase a ball if you throw it. One of the good outcomes of my accident is the friendships I have I have formed and the people I have had the pleasure of getting close to, like Damien. Without, without these people in my life, I would be an able-bodied guy in an able-bodied job with, with able arms abling my way towards the weekend so that I could enjoy my time off work. How boring is that? My life now has meaning. My life has direction. Damien and I were not working and were going to the same gym at the same time almost every day. So we decided to start going there together. This was the first real friendship I formed after my accident. And it became about because we knew the day-to-day struggles we were both going through just to fit back into life. I know for myself, it was a very big struggle of acceptance into this world. Not other people's acceptance of me but my acceptance of myself. Just like when I was in rehab, I felt like I was equal to other people. When I met Damien each day at the gym, for that one hour, I felt great. I hold this guy in high regard for what he has helped me through, what he has helped me get through, and I will forever be grateful. The times down at the gym were a contributing factor to my success in overcoming depression. Just heading out of the book here, uh, Damien used to, me and Damien are, uh, now, um, are now quite good friends after this, which was, uh, which was great. I remember him, um, I remember when I used to, before my accident, when I used to train down at the gym, I remember seeing Damien there, but he had his, his group of mates that he was training with and I was training with my mate and we just never really, never really crossed paths. Um, until then, um, and Damien, before before he had his stroke, he was a builder, and now after his stroke and after my accident, in recent years, he actually came over and helped me helped me build my deck. The one I mentioned, I uh, talked about last last week, um, building the uh, building the seat. He actually came over and helped me build the original deck. Which was uh, which was pretty cool. We both uh, we both were able to work with each other and sort of fill each other's void um, while we we're building the deck. Uh, not really. I mean, he did most of the work, and I um, I tried to tried to look as though I was doing something. But it was pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool that we've been able to form this friendship. All right, back to the book. Back at rehab, running group eventually became bike ed, in brackets, bike education. And in 2011, I rode a bike for the first time in nearly three years. I tell you what, the saying, just for, it's just like riding a bike, sounds good, but it wasn't true in my case. I sucked. My hip flexors were so unstable that when I tried to sit on the bike, I wobbled like crazy from side to side, as if I was walking on a tightrope. 
for the first time. After a month, I started to get the hang of it, hang of it a little bit more, but I still had that drunk toddler feeling when I'd push those pedals. Also, I had to be confident riding on the road, so we tried riding down the back street near rehab. I didn't have much confidence riding down that street, so there was no way I was going to be riding on a main road with metallic weapons driving past. My initial therapy regime after the accident went for six months. In May of 2009, I was finally... It was finally time to take another step and that step was to was back into reality where I became an outpatient. May is the month I celebrate my birthday. I wanted to be out by then so I could I could celebrate with my tribe. On the 7th of May, I was free. I could now enjoy my soft warm pillow every night of the week. Mum and Dad were excited by the by, by my return and threw me a party with all my friends and family to celebrate this milestone. It was a welcome home slash birthday slash thank God you're still alive party. I can't really remember much about it, but I do have an image of thanking everyone while dressed in a Borat-style green mankini, bought for me as a present by a mate. He thought it would be hilarious to see his mate dress up and look like an idiot in front of his family. Luckily for everyone else, it was actually over my clothes, so Nana didn't have a heart attack. This was also an alcohol-free party. I was told very early on that alcohol was not good for a, re- for a recovering brain and that I should wait at least 12 months before I had any alcohol in my system whatsoever. On page 58, I took this very seriously and didn't have a sniff of the stuff until the 15th of November 2009. On that night in November, my body went into meltdown when I had my, when I had my first sip. I came to the realization shortly after that my body was no longer fit for the consumption of this of that evil evil liquid. So I decided to quit drinking. I didn't have I didn't take a sip again for another 4 years, and I truly believe that that the reason my injured brain has recovered to what it what it is today is because I treated it with such care. Since my accident, I've learned so much about the brain and what it is capable of, capable of, which amazes me. When I broke my arm once, in brackets, riding a motorbike, funnily enough, I used my other arm for everything. That was annoying, but hey, I got six months off work, uh, six weeks off work, paid, so I was happy. When I broke my ankle, in brackets, wakeboarding behind a boat, I could use my arms to hold the crutches, so that was fine. Another six weeks off, paid for. I was happy again. When I broke my other arm playing soccer, it was all the same again. All these breaks were okay because... I could compensate using my other other limbs, but I couldn't do the same when I broke my brain. When you break your brain, there's no other one to use. This is why we must take extra special care of it. Everything that has ever been created in this world started off in somebody's mind. Think about it for a moment. Every invention that has ever been created, every war that has ever been fought, and every dollar that has ever been earned and st- has started from from the idea from an idea in somebody's mind. Your mind is the most powerful thing in the world. You only have one, so take care of it. Okay, so that is the end of chapter six. It was a short one this week. Next week will be ch- we're up to page fifty uh, fifty nine. Next week will be chapter seven, and this chapter is called surgery. Now I'm just going to quickly read out the first paragraph unedited before I head off. As soon as I was admitted to hospital on the day of the accident, the surgeons the surgeons began to repair 
what they could of my broken body. Over the next six years, going under became very uh, became a yearly routine. Initially, all the doctors could work with was initially all the doctors could work with was what they could see. My broken neck, my broken skull, looking. My broken neck, and my and my skull looking as though it had been run over by a truck. Okay, that's the end of the paragraph. With uh, with uh, some good editing editing skills, I could probably make that that sentence uh, sorry that paragraph sound super duper as well. Um, this week I've realised that because of this is taking actually quite a long time to record. Uh, you're not going to see it because I'm going to edit it out. But it's taken me quite a long time to record this week. And I think that my sleep has definitely something to do with it. I had a late night last night and I woke up early this morning. So I might have only had about six hours sleep last night. So it'll be good to, maybe maybe I'll plan it in next week. Plan in a good night's sleep the night before I do my reading. I'm also going to start this week practicing off uh, practicing the reading because I don't think that just reading this book once a week or reading a chapter once a week out loud is really going to do much to help my to help 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 me achieve my goal. So I'm going to actually start doing half an hour a day of reading out loud, and that that way I can just keep going and not have to go back and press stop and go back and re-record over something I stuff up. I can just keep on reading, and we'll see how how that pans out. All right, that's it for today. See you good-looking folk uh, in the next episode when we'll be talking about surgery. I'm looking forward to this one because that as well is another short chapter. All right, take care. So that's it for today. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button so you do not miss an episode. Better still, hit the subscribe button and leave a review. See you in the next episode.